The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. On round one, journalist, co-founder of The Line, an online magazine, Matt Gurney is here, Toronto lawyer Karima Sad, News Talk 1010's Jason Agnew, good to have you, happy Monday, and fraptious joy, it's election day. Um, Matt Gurney, let me start with you on this one. Um, it, you know, I, I don't think it's got quite the same romance as a federal or provincial election, but it's actually bread and butter. It's the people who are going to build the sidewalk in front of your house. So some important things are going to happen today. Well, I mean, that's just counting what you and Nick are planning on doing. I mean, other important <laughs> things will be happening after that. Yeah, look, election days always matter. I have to confess, though, and I, here I am immediately uh, souring the milk on, on a beautiful Monday, but this election feels a little bit to me uh, kind of like a, a smaller echo of the last provincial election, the one we just had in June, and I wrote at the time that it felt to me like a weird election. Like, it just, no one was that engaged with it. There wasn't a lot of talk out there, you know, just when I'm walking the dog, talking with neighbors, usually, especially in my line of work, people always want to talk politics with me. This election, nobody did. There was just no one who was particularly engaged. So I think we all expect John Tory to be reelected. I think we expect a lot of the council incumbents to be reelected here. I'm not here to tell people that democracy doesn't matter, far from it, but I have sensed this campaign a very low level of engagement out there. Jason, in your work, um, in, in more political and newsy television, you cover a lot of these sort of municipalities, you know, outside of Toronto itself. And I realize there's a certain pre, you know, preference or focus for Torontonians on Toronto. But I'm wondering what elections you think we should have our eyes on today and tomorrow morning. Well, earlier, John, you were mentioning the Milton uh, election with Gord Krantz uh, being there. He is the longest, you know, running mayor in all of Canada. He actually outdid Hazel McCallion years ago because Hazel was there for 36 and he's been for 42 years. He's 85. I don't think he's going to be undone as mayor here, but he does have a strong competitor with Zishan Hamid, who's been a member of council since 2010. So that's an interesting race. And along with that, I'd look just a little bit west of Toronto in Oakville, where Rob Burton's been mayor since 2006, but Julia Hanna, who's the number one competitor there, got 42% of the vote in 2018 to Rob's 49, so very curious as how that one goes through, because that could be an upset right there. And then, Karima, we have this uh, strange circumstance where three former provincial party leaders of all three major parties are all running for mayor. Yeah, um, it, it uh, obviously at the municipal level, um, it's it's nonpartisan, um, but you do see people filter from the federal or provincial level. Um, you know where either it's been unsuccessful or they are are moving on. So we'll see uh, Hamilton, Vaughn. Uh, I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on those. Yeah. Okay, well, we will have the results here on News Talk 1010 and all the analysis tomorrow morning. I want to bring it back to Toronto for just a moment, though. And Jason, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, Some interesting columns over the last little while. We have one that we put in front of you this morning called More Than You Expected, Less Than You'd Hoped For. Is John Tory Good Enough? The presumption is John Tory is going to win, but that after eight years, the city has some pretty serious issues we need to sink our teeth into, and Torontonians are not terribly happy. Do you agree with that analysis? 
Um, I, I think that this last run of John Tory, the past four years, can kind of be disregarded. I mean, the whole thing has been John Tory dealing with the pandemic, and you can't really count what's gone on. He's been so distracted and done, in my opinion, done a great job dealing with the pandemic. So I think he will be reelected, and Toronto does have problems, but every city does. Karima, people are very much on social media. A lot of people who write about urban and city issues issues have been complaining about the gridlock in the downtown, about uh, overflowing trash bins, about parks that have not been properly maintained. Uh, And then you get into issues like $850 million uh, deficit in an annual budget, and you got some pretty major challenges. Absolutely. Um, The livability of the city, I think, has drastically reduced. Um, And one challenge with Toronto is that you have sort of the discrepancy in, in focus and priorities between the downtown core and then surrounding areas. Um, so that obviously will usher in whatever, whatever it brings. Um, but I, I think uh, just back to Matt's earlier comments, um, the lack of engagement, um, there hasn't been much sort of that that's been inspiring or or talked about, uh, and that's most unfortunate. Okay, Matt Gurney, what do you see the uh, the challenge being? I mean, this will be John Tory's last mandate, but there's there's going to have to be an ambitious agenda there. Yeah, but there won't be because it will be his last mandate. He doesn't need to run for re-election again. He's already secured the legacy of Toronto's longest-serving mayor. Or I'm jumping the gun by about 24 hours there, but you'll forgive me. I think he is about to secure the mandate. I, you know, Look, like a lot of us around 1010, I, I know John Tory and I like John Tory, and I think he was exactly what we needed in the first term when he won in 2014. He was the anti-Rob Ford in a really, really good way. He is exactly what this town needed. And I, I I would even agree with Jason. I would say that I think his his management of the pandemic generally was even keeled and effective here. But I bring one really simple metric to this, and I bring it to the, the federal and the provincial level as well. Are things getting better? And in Toronto right now, I mean, you can measure that different ways. The economy's been growing. We've got lots of cranes in the sky. Like, these are the things we talk about. But is this city a better place to live in for more people than it was four or eight years ago? And I don't think it is. I don't think it even is close to is, and I think it's moving in the wrong direction on those metrics here. I know John Tory. I like John Tory. I like some of what he's done here. But you can't cherry-pick successes against an overall background of decline. What are we going to do to reverse that decline? I'm not hearing anybody talk about that. To be honest, a lot of people don't even want to acknowledge it's happening. Uh, Climate protesters have once again thrown food, this time mashed potatoes, and uh, this time at a Monet painting called Les Meules at uh, Potsdam's Barberini Museum. Uh, Karima, the activists, followed the same pattern. They then immediately, they recorded themselves doing it, and then they immediately glued their hands to the wall. And their argument is the whole planet's going to hell, so why do you care about a multi-million dollar painting? But it also seems somewhat gratuitous. What's your take? Uh, well, any type of sort of performative activism like this, the objective is to get people talking. So based on that, this is a success. Now, it's the latest in a string of similar incidents. Um, so 
I I don't know if this is a popular opinion. I I am kind of inclined to agree. Uh, we we have urgent issues with climate and uh, a lot of waffling and just lack of action. I, I don't know that there is a direct connection between this type of activity action uh, and policy change, um, but it is successful in in getting people to talk about it. Now, whether we're talking about the right things, uh, that, that remains to be seen. Yeah, Matt, you know, maybe 50 years from now, the world is going to hell in a handbasket and people are going to look back at this and say, why didn't anybody pay attention? Yeah, but I don't think anyone will look back and say, why didn't more people destroy or vandalize precious works of art? Like, you know, what what is being pursued here is not actually going to suit the agenda. I agree with you, John. I mean, this really loops back to what I was saying a minute before. If we're on a trajectory of decline here, not just municipally, but maybe ecologically, what are we going to do to knock ourselves off this here? Karima is absolutely right. People notice it gets people talking, but it doesn't actually help the problem. And I know that the argument would likely be what we've been trying to help the problem and we can't and i understand that but i'm just wondering here how many works of art must be destroyed to stop climate change when someone can't answer that for me i'll have a more sympathetic outlook okay listen let's jump to uh, the island airport suspicious package apparently attached to a bicycle had to be detonated but it shut the airport down for a day on saturday jason agnew david miller former mayor of toronto who was never a friend to that airport opining on twitter that this is an argument against having an airport altogether Um, I think you can make a lot of arguments as to why the airport should not be expanded. You can make some as to why it might be closed. But I don't think one suspicious package attached to a bicycle necessarily promotes a big discussion. No, this this could have happened near Pearson Airport as well. I mean, there's uh, this is a ridiculous. When you forwarded this over this morning, I was like, "What is this man doing? I don't understand what's happening here." Just you know, what you're the former mayor, go retire. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. The Island Airport is very convenient. I agree with not expanding it, but for what it is, it's great for business travel for people coming in from uh, a region where they can't travel by train. I think it's fine. Leave it alone. One suspicious package. Those things happen everywhere. Yeah, I mean, Karima said, if you want to say that anything is a magnet for terror, I mean, the Toronto 18, we're going to blow up the stock exchange. So the idea that we have to eliminate potential targets because every once in a while somebody might plant a bomb isn't really that compelling an argument. Well, we are going in the direction of sort of everything being a Rexall or a Circle K. So maybe that is is the strategy. So we have nothing uh, of value left to attack. Matt Gurney? I will just say this, and you and and Jason, God bless you, have have teed this up for me already here, but (laughs) this was the dumbest tweet I've seen thus far in the week, and I grant it's early on a Monday morning, so maybe I'm judging on an unfair curve here, but David Miller's tweet was the the dumbest thing I've seen, and I think it might, look, I mean, never say never, but I think it has a pretty good chance of staying the dumbest tweet I saw all this week, because, John, you have it exactly right. We can have a debate about the island airport. We can have this conversation. There's a lot of different different perspectives here. But one of those perspectives should not be if there are terror cells in the city, do they want to blow the airport up? Because if there is not an island airport, and meanwhile, David Miller is 
singing the praises of the train, right? Like his arguments against the island airport are, well, terrorists might have tried to blow it up. And also there's a perfectly good train running all the way to Pearson. They'd blow up the train. Like you, you do not use shutting down island airports as your counterterrorism strategy here. David Miller has a pretty good political reputation left. Maybe, maybe, maybe he should think about getting off Twitter because he might be heading in that direction. We've seen a lot of other people go on. They take their remaining capital and they burn it by showing the world how dumb some of the first drafts of their thoughts are. It's true. Let's John just, Tory yeah. can send out a retweet here and just say, hey, remember, I'm not this guy. Yeah. Vote for me. There you go. I, and I think Twitter should be restored to, you know, cat pictures. Thank you all very much. Good to have you this morning. Matt Gurney, Karima Sad, Jason Agnew. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.